This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. We are back. Back from our trip. This is episode 70, the, the 5th of, no, of the 11th month, I guess. <laughs> Goddamn. What is wrong with me? This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, sickeningly, or sickly, sickly, you're sitting across from me, sickly, mm-hmm. is my co-host, Brittany Page. Yeah, so my voice sounds a little off. I don't feel that well either. I know you're you're shitting on me because you don't believe I don't feel well. Yeah, I just rolled my eyes. Unless there's proof of you feeling sick, then you're not sick. All right. Do you want to come in the bathroom with me every time I hawk a loogie into the sink or I into don't. the into the toilet? I don't. But do you sound like you've been smoking for twenty years? Right yes. Now? Every day of my life. Sounds like I've been smoking for 20 years. My normally very fantastic voice sounds terrible right now. That is bold. Mm -hmm. That confidence is refreshing. I'm telling a joke. Usually you're so meek (laughs) and mild. Oh, I'm so meek and mild. (laughs) Well, hey, everybody. We're we're happy to be back. Just got back from our trip. Uh, Spent the first day traveling. And then second day was election day, which is great, which is what we're going to talk about right off the top of the show. Went to vote to our respective polling places yesterday, and goddamn, who are they? Who's running these places? You're talking about the volunteers, right? The, the volunteers inside the polling place. Um, something happened when we voted, and then we got home and read a story later that night about another incident in Orange County, California. A teenager volunteer was removed from a polling place because they were tweeting, publicly tweeting, um, I don't know if it's racist or just insensitive shit about Vietnamese people not speaking English and also making fun of fat people and slow-moving people. and uh, Complaining about the number of Vietnamese voters and non-English speakers. Yeah. And tweeting things like pictures of the voters at their polling stations. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. With captions that said, like, please shut the F up before I throw the table. (laughs) And so I think that this volunteer was having quite a terrible experience with the voters. Or they're just an asshole. Yeah. (laughs) But they they were removed. Somehow someone found out that they were doing this and they were immediately removed from the polling place. Right. Obviously, obviously, someone was seeing her tweets. Are you having t- trouble talking through that cough drop? Yeah, I need to have the cough drop in or I'm going to be coughing throughout <laughs> this entire thing. So it's either the voice and the coughing or just the voice. Uh, I, I don't mind the voice. It's the clickety clack and you fighting your way to say your words. There's a lot of saliva in my mouth. <laughs> God damn. So anyway, we didn't know that this had happened. We went to vote which is l- literally walking from from where we live. Luckily. Luckily, yeah. Are you making fun that I said literally? No, I'm saying luckily it was close. Oh yeah, it was very 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 what close. What a turd. 
<laughs> so, But the first lady that we ran into, the first volunteer we saw, was a very nice old lady. And that's who I'm used to. Well, they always seem to be old people, right. elderly people who, you know, really have a dedication to the process and volunteer their time to to voting in the election. It's great. Right. So go ahead. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, she was this sweet little old lady. And I'm used to seeing sweet little old ladies at the polling places. But then after we got done meeting with her and we got the little white page that said what district we were in yeah, or whatever. California, it's very complex. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah, we had to go to the next table and then they asked your name. And the woman that was asking your name, she had maybe somewhere between six and 12 teeth. I think 12 is a wildly overproportionate estimation of what the fuck she had in her mouth. I think she was also under the influence of something. I yeah. think she was drunk or maybe high. Well, I'm not sure. The teeth that she did have inside of her, her putrid mouth were not pointing in the right directions. It was like the Titanic. It was fucking every man for himself, man fucking overboard inside her head. The deck chairs were just rearranged oh, yeah. in a terrible manner. Terrible. It was ridiculous. And when you, you said your name... And she kind of like laughed and leaned forward like she was sloppy. She was acting sloppy. It right. was very strange. Well, first of all, my name was the second on the list on that page. I said Dollamore, Jesse Dollamore. And she, I said D-O, so she knew where to go. She's looking, she's looking, she's looking. And I say, yeah, it's, it's right there. It's the second name on the page. And that's when she went into her fit of laughter, just so amused. Oh, you have good eyes. But it was like not normal laughter. It was like right. sloppy, drunk, slow laughter. Well, she, and I'm not, we're not kidding about the mouth and the teeth. She, it looked like years of methamphetamine abuse. It was a bad sitch. Yeah, it was fucking bizarre. And she's in there, not running the poll place, the polling station, but she's, she's in some sort of administrative duty it's it was uh, weird she's also being told people's addresses yeah which yeah. is a little alarming and i was looking at her feet because wow i did not yeah, notice the teeth. I, or her bag or the feet her bag was at her feet and i was looking at her feet and she had holes in her socks oh and, wow yeah so i'm not sure if she was just like a homeless person who kind of stumbled in and was like hey do you guys need a volunteer i'm yeah. ready to go you guys paying <laughs> like is this for free or yeah i don't know what the situation was but it's a little alarming that she was in that position. I was. It's unlike anything I'd ever seen before. So later that evening, when we saw that there was another case of someone being removed from a polling place because they were acting inappropriately, it didn't surprise me. Yeah, and, and it makes me wonder how often that kind of thing happens. I've, I've listen. I've been voting. I voted for the first George W. Bush for president, <laughs> the the first George H. W. Bush for president. So I I've been voting a long time and I've never seen something like that. And it was fucking weird. So I don't know if this is an, uh, a peculiar situation relative to this particular election cycle or if it's something that is endemic in Orange County, but it's definitely problematic. Um. Moving along, and we're going to talk a little bit about the election results. I I want to caution everyone out there against all of this wild doom and gloom. 
I saw on 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 Facebook last night as the the results were coming in some wild ridiculous assertions that now the Republicans control both houses of Congress. It, it was weird. And then I, I I Brittany was noticing a lot of well, I guess it was this. There's a lot of bad a lot of sore losers and also sore winners, people who were saying ridiculous shit who are on the winning side of things. Right. So I'm going to read some things that were said on Facebook from the liberal, ridiculous point of view. And Brittany, because those are the things she found, she's going to share the other. This was a status. With Republicans taking the Senate, it's a good time to ask, which version of the federal Bible do you prefer? Yikes. That's just fucking ridiculous. It... it, it I wrote a little message on Facebook, kind of a an, a little open message to my liberal Democrat friends who are, oh, woe is me, the world is over, the sky is falling. And it's, I mean, the, the, the very first comment on that status is, seriously thinking it might be time to pack up and move out of this country before they start witch hunts again or start killing gay and trans people. Let me explain something to you folks, and I'm sure our audience is surely above this kind of hyperbole. Nothing's really going to change. Nothing nothing more is going to be accomplished by this Congress than the last. The, <laughs> God damn. The, the Democrats, they obfuscated and the Republicans obstructed. And the same thing's going to happen now. It just always happens. Right. The, the, the sky didn't fall when George W. Bush was elected the second time. The sky certainly didn't fall out uh, uh, from the atmosphere when Obama was elected twice. Even though I know people that were, I mean, having visceral emotional oh, reactions yeah, when sure. Obama was reelected. Right. So. Well, I know people who had those same visceral reactions on the opposite side of things when when Obama was elected. They bawled and cried that, oh, this is a new world we're living in. Things are going to be so much better and different. And nah, nope. I kind of felt like that. Yeah. Well, I know um, I have several friends. I'm not going to drop names that that really like wept. They sobbed because things now were, oh, it's a, a new age has dawned in American politics. And goddamn, it, it, if anything, it's gotten worse. It hasn't gotten better. I'm glad that I was able to have that lesson taught to me early on because Obama was the first person that I voted for. Mm -hmm. And I felt that way. Yeah. And I was able to learn real quick that I don't need to be putting so much stake in a person a politician yes. because it just doesn't work like that. And it, it, revering George Bush or anybody. Right. It's not right. I Listen, I as a young man, Bill Clinton was elected president and you're you're far more advanced than I was because you learned it very early on. I didn't learn it until mid adulthood <laughs> that shit's not going to fall apart. Even when Clinton was elected, I thought, seriously, we got we have to keep this guy from being elected. And we prospered under Clinton. Right. And even the second time he was elected, I still hadn't figured it out. We have to stop it. He's an evil, evil man. Uh. And then he got reelected and nothing happened. And I still had the doom and gloom. It's, it's, it's perpetrated and furthered by men like Rush Limbaugh, like right. idiots like 
Sean Hannity. Right. They keep that that th- this hyperbolic, weird, bizarre fear going. They really propagate fear in the American electorate and those who try to stay engaged through listening to talk radio and shit. Well, and anyone who tends to be extreme about anything feels that way. Yeah. And that's why being extreme is so bad because you're that's just exactly being irrational. Right. You're that's just exactly I mean right. you're just being irrational. That's the bottom line. So let me read a couple more of these and you can hit a couple of yours. Um oh here's another on the same status. Hope you like mandatory church on Sunday. Are you fucking kidding me? Mandatory church on Sunday. You really think that's the next step because the Republicans control the United States Senate? That's not the system in which we live. We have a three-pronged government. (laughs) Was all this shit happening? You think it was only because the Democrats controlled the Senate that the House didn't pass all these weird draconian religious laws? Right. And then uh, there was one more I wanted to read. In the same thread, federal cameras coming to a bedroom near you. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I, look, I know everybody thinks the Republicans want cameras in your bedrooms and blah. And there might be a few fringe fucking weirdos in the party. But come on. That's. It's just ridiculous. And it makes you seem. Exactly like those Republicans who think the sky is falling when a, when, a, when a Democrat gets elected. You are doing the exact same thing that you made fun of them for doing so many times. Right. So I only have one to read. Oh, okay. And sorry. <laughs> I thought there was more because we talked about it for a long time. I haven't really been tracking my Facebook as closely, but there was one person that said... Prayers this state can stay on the conservative Republican side. Wow. So she was praying that the state would stay Republican. And that person, I'm assuming, lives in Idaho, correct? Right. This is what's weird about that, is that, I mean, look, it's it's a, it's a hope and a prayer that that Balukov, or whatever the fuck his name is, that was running for governor against Butch Otter in Idaho... It was seriously a hail mary that he was even gonna do, even do any any have any results whatsoever to try to win. Um, and I think I called it, but last night, even before really the election started, that I would be very surprised if Butch Otter didn't win by ten to twelve points. And I think he won by fifteen to twenty points. And he's the governor of Idaho. He's the gov- the current, the former, or he was the the incumbent, and now continues to be governor a third term. Um, who he used to be a decent guy relative to certain policies. When he was in Congress, he was the uh, the first congressional district congressman. He voted against the Patriot Act right after nine eleven, and I think that took balls because so few people voted against it because it was a knee jerk thing to want to defend our country and be patriotic. And you know, they named it the Patriot Act for a reason when it's just illegal search and seizures and wiretapping and just blanket powers that the federal government doesn't need to have. Anyway, that's for another show. But he voted against it. That's a noble thing. And our 
politicians in Idaho have a have this this tendency to and this is gonna be super boring for the audience because it's so local in Idaho, but they have a tendency to be pretty decent congressmen and then they go to the governor and they they act like assholes. So that's what happened and that's what's probably gonna continue to happen, especially where it relates to the gay marriage issue because Butch Otter is you know, he's a gay hater and he either just doesn't understand science or doesn't want to fucking hear it. So that's for another show. My hope, and we'll wrap it up with this, my hope for the GOP taking control of the Senate is that they don't do what the Democrats did. I, the Democrats, there was a thing called the nuclear option. And they limited, typically in the Senate, because it's the more deliberative body, mm-hmm. you need 60 votes to limit debate. You need 60 of the 100 members to say, okay, we're going to limit debate. We're only going to have so much, and then we're going to vote on this. Right. If you don't get 60 votes, certain members can do what's called filibuster. They can debate with no limit as long as they follow certain rules. I tell you what, we'll play a little a little, a little, news package, and it'll kind of explain it, and then I'll very quickly wrap it up. This clip is actually from almost one year ago, by the way. This is from right around the end of November 20, 2013. Firestorm brewing tonight. We know Americans are tired of gridlock in Washington, but today, Senate Democrats made a power move to break the hold of the filibuster, that stalling technique we remember from Jimmy Stewart and Mr. Smith goes to Washington. The president said enough is enough, and ABC's chief White House correspondent Jonathan Carl now tells us what began happening right away. Will the Senator yield? For more than a century, the filibuster, immortalized in the movie Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, has empowered the minority party in the Senate to bring everything to a halt just by talking. In other words, I've got a piece to speak. It's a tactic Republicans are now using more than ever. I rise today to begin to filibuster John From Rand Paul, who tried to block the, the president's pick to run the CIA, to Ted Cruz, who talked nearly 22 hours straight against Obamacare. Republicans are now blocking dozens everybody. of President Obama's nominees. But today, in a controversial and historic move, referred to as the nuclear option, Democrats changed the rules, ending the filibuster when it comes to most presidential nominees. And minutes later, they moved forward on one Obama nominee who had been blocked for almost six months. A simple majority vote uh, no longer seems to be sufficient for anything, that enough is enough. But Republicans called it a naked power grab. We are approaching a slippery slope that will destroy the very unique aspect of this institution called the United States Senate. Republicans tried but failed to do away with the filibuster back when George W. Bush was president. Then a freshman senator named Barack Obama opposed the move, saying it would only make bitter partisan divisions even worse. Diane, he is about to find out if he was right. Here's my issue. And it's so it's so bizarre to me that these men and women who who proclaim themselves to be leaders and who proclaim themselves to be intelligent are so they have such short memories. They're just the Republicans tried to do it, and then the Democrats they didn't want it to happen. Even Obama was like, "No, you can't do that." And then the, when when the Democrats are in power, they want to fuck the the Republicans any way that they can. And then all of a sudden, Obama's in favor of it, 
And now that the Republicans have power, I really, really hope that they reverse the rule change, go back to a 60-vote cloture vote for cloture, which is what limiting debate is. Um, there's a difference between our two houses. In the House, in the House of Representatives, the majority fucking rules, and they can run roughshod over the, uh, the, the, the people in the minority, the minority party. That's not the way it is, and that's not the way it was intended to be in the Senate. It's the more deliberative body. The reason they have, they have that in, in place, the filibuster, it's because the minority has power. They can't just be run over. So if they want a filibuster, it forces the other side to talk and to compromise because that's what the Senate is about. Right. And th they're acting like the lower house, which is the House of Representatives. They're not uh, acting like the upper house. And it's it's a bummer. I really hope the Republicans reverse the rule, giving the Democrats some power, even though there's so few. There's so few. I mean, the, 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 the Republicans right now don't have 60 votes, and it would be very difficult for them because of their more liberal members to get to to low limit debate but give the power give that power to the democrats and let's let's go back since you whined and complained when it happened to you reverse it and let's see what happens right and my intellectual commentary on this is that i really like rand paul's voice <laughs> are you being teasy no i'm serious i heard his voice in that clip and i i huh. just really like his voice for some reason hmm well, he's going to end up running for president, so you'll probably hear a lot of it. Perfect. Let's move along. Let's talk about everybody's favorite, hip, super cool Pope, Pope Francis. Pope Francis, that's Pope, right. Pope Francis. So he was recently being lauded. Yeah, for sure he Because he expressed his approval for the Big Bang Theory and evolution. Which, right, and he's also right. he's also said shit that's somewhat uh, conciliatory toward gays. Who am I to judge that kind of bullshit? Right, but recently he expressed his approval of a group of exorcists meeting at the Vatican this week. Right, so he he believes in science. He believes in the Big Bang. He believes in evolution, but he still believes in demon possession. So, of course, we know that exorcisms are when a demonic spirit is driven out of a possessed person, right? That's right. Well, this week, more than 300 members of the International Association of Exorcists. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> they've, they've got a group. They've got a union. Yeah. I'm shocked. They attended this convention. I wonder if they, they have rules for, look, I've been exercising this demon for 12 hours, I need a 15-minute break. We need to get some rules established. <laughs> right. Well, it focused on the impact of the occult and Satanism on people today. So the impact of Satanism yes. on people today. Pretty impactful. And the International Association of Exorcists, <laughs> just so everybody knows this trivia in case it comes up on Jeopardy someday, it was founded in 1990 by Father Gabriel Amorth, an exorcist for the Diocese of Rome, and was formally recognized by the Vatican this past June. Wow. That's that's amazing. You know, the devil. It's the devil. 
And this is something that Pope Francis wrote. Priests who pursue the ministry of exorcism, quote, manifest the church's love and acceptance of those who suffer because of the devil's works. I I think, and this is something we've talked about, but it's also, I, I mean, obviously, I don't believe in God. I don't believe there are gods, any gods, zero gods, no supernatural gods. But I think it's more weird to believe in a devil, in a bad guy mythological figure, than it is in a god. Right. I, I just think that's weird because, one, every time there's a school shooting or every time that there's some tragedy, every time there's a 9-11 or anything like that, it's blamed on the devil. It's evil. Oh, that evil took over them and it's evil. Yeah, it's not. People are just they're shitty people. It's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be blamed. And I guess it's just easy to find blame and pin the blame on this mythical unicorn, evil unicorn called the devil, than to really cope with the issue and talk about what the real causes, the real root causes of the problems are. Well, and that's the thing. It's easier for people to say to themselves, well, Adam Lanza was evil. Something right. came over him and just took control of him, and it was just evil. There's no explanation for it. Instead of there being a very complicated explanation that he was mentally ill right. and that it wasn't caught soon enough, that it wasn't treated properly, and that these things are really difficult to deal with and assess because people can't handle that. They can't handle the difficulty and the unknown and the fact that there's no clear-cut answer. It's It, it harkens back to caveman days. The reason they came up with these wild explanations or what we consider wild explanations now for the sun rising and falling and maybe not even caveman days, the, the, the you know, Greek and Roman mythology believing that that uh, th that there was a chariot being dragged across the sky and it was the sun. And that's those they didn't understand our place in the universe. They didn't understand science. So they made something up. And it's the same with people who blame it on evil. They don't understand the very complex makeup of the brain and mental illness. It's too complex for them to, to, to work through. So instead, it's the devil. So we're not far removed from the people that we look at as savages or intellectually stunted and just not developed. We're, there's cavemen among us in modernity. It's a bummer. It sure is. Which is funny, the, the, the evil thing. Um, it, it's, it, it amuses me. And recently, my one of my favorite guys, and I'm conflicted on him because I, he bums me out with a lot of the shit that he does because he's such a weirdo in so many ways. But he touches me because I really believe he's genuine. I believe, and we're talking about Glenn Beck. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, he, he really, he moves me sometimes when I watch him speak. He... I really, I believe he believes what he says. He just, too bad that so often he's a fucking nutter and he's wrong. But he was talking about Paul Harvey and this this report that he did back in 1965. You know, I don't know if you, any, but you, any of you remember Paul Harvey on the radio. This is Paul Harvey. Good day. I mean, he was very iconic, super iconic in radio. Anyway, I tell you what, Glenn Beck explains it, so we'll just play the, the package. I want to play something. If you don't think 
that they have accomplished their goals. I want to play something from 1962. Radio commentator uh, Paul Harvey, who was absolutely, I met the man. I, I knew the man. He was absolutely inspired of God. I want you to hear a, a recording of what Paul Harvey said in 1962. The quality is kind of bad. 65. Uh, 65. Listen to what he said. If he were Satan, how he would destroy us, what he would work on. Most of these things weren't even in the hopper in 1965. Listen to the prophetic words of radio commentator Paul Harvey. If I were the devil, I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the... So I set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which are in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who want it until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey, good day. That is incredible. I, I would lure you into bed and give you diseases to which there are no cures. There's no cure that for herpes in 1965. We had no idea about AIDS. I mean, and the, and the the other sexually transmitted diseases could be cured. Nope. It's that's an amazing. <laughs> it's really um remarkable all the things there. that Yeah, please. um he said 
So it's ridiculous because they're acting like this this old man saying all these things in 1965 is so profound. And we didn't know anything in 1965 well, compared to what we know now. Th- there were many states where blacks and whites still, it wasn't acceptable to be married. In fact, right. there's still states now that it's not acceptable to be married. It wasn't a good time. No. For a lot of people, hey, listen, if you were a white man, it was a great fucking time to be alive. It wasn't even a great time to be alive for a woman. So, I mean, it was a better time to be alive if you were a white woman. But it was 1965. Right. Come on. Right. And he says that if if he were the devil, then he would want to replace religion with psychology. Right. You mean religion with science? Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I'm the devil. Yeah. Just if I was the devil, this is what I would do. And it's it- all a bunch of good stuff. <laughs> it's all a I bunch would, of really positive things I would things. take the church out of the houses of congress Yeah, fucking right on I would tell people that they don't necessarily need to be married They can just be in a relationship <laughs> Wait, what? That is bad news Wow Anyway, I just thought that was I know it was a little long But it's Paul Harvey He's He, he has this hypnotic cadence that everybody loved And I, I still, I mean I'm fond of the guy just because he's such an iconic figure. He was fucking wrong because it was 1965 and we didn't understand. I would sell liquor to those affluent people. Oh, terrible. I know. Uh, It's weird. And then Glenn Beck's like, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. This is what I need to be saying. In 2014. I converted this from a video. So that was a video clip. And if he hadn't been on camera, I'm sure he would have been jerking it. Because he was very happy right. with what he was saying. Right. He keeps like, oh, just he's so amazed that he was so spot on. Look, it's not Jules Verne prophesying about a submarine. It's 20 years later, not even 20 years later. I mean, Jesus. 1968 is when the, the, the love revolution. It was three years before shit started going downhill for this guy. So it, it just doesn't make any. It's not that remarkable that he would have these things to stay. So speaking of moving into the future, and uh, there is sad news to report. It, it is very sad. And for those who were celebrating like s- some major victory had been won, um, I would caution you. I would I would say to slow your roll a little bit. Uh, Brittany Maynard, she took her own life on the second. And although I am very happy that she is no longer suffering and that she was able to make her own personal choice in this matter, because if I was in the same position, I would want the ability to make my own choice. And Brittany, if you were in the same position, I wouldn't want you to be able to make your own choice. We've still lost someone who many people loved, and it's it's tragic. So if November 2nd comes along and I've passed, I hope my family is still proud of me and the choices I made. And if November 2nd comes along and I'm still alive, I know that we'll just still be moving forward as a family like out of love for each other and that that decision will come later.
when people criticize me for not, um, not like waiting longer or, you know, whatever they've decided is best for me. <laughs> um, it hurts because really I risk it. I risk it every day, every day that I wake up. And I do it because I still feel good enough and I still have enough joy. Well, if all my dreams came true, I would somehow uh, survive this. But um, I most likely won't. So beyond that, I am having been an only child for my mother, I want her to recover from this and not break down, you know, not suffer from any kind of depression. And my husband is such a lovely man, I want him to. Um, you know, I understand everyone needs to grieve, but I want him to be happy, so I want him to have a family. And I know that might sound weird, but there's no part of me that wants him to live out the rest of his life just missing his wife. So I hope he uh, moves on and becomes a father. I feel very, obviously it's a very emotional clip. I feel very bad for her husband because he, he's lost the love of his life. And it's obviously tragic that she had a, a terrible disease and she she's dead. But he has to face the world going forward. Having lost her. Yeah, I think that she has tremendous insight, and I think it's a rare thing, especially when someone is dying and they're going through denial, and she's able to kind of step outside of it and think about it in terms of, well, when I'm gone, this is what I want my mom to do, this is how I want my husband to feel, and when you listen to her talk, you just, all you can think of is how profound she is, how insightful she is, and how beautiful a person she is. And unfortunately, there's many Christians that feel differently about her. It, it seems to me that, um, very arrogant for someone who has their health. For someone who doesn't really have to actually think about the possibility of not being alive anymore to pass judgment on her. Go ahead. Right. So many Christians have been posting on Facebook about this and this link that I'm looking at that I'll post to Facebook, they've grabbed screenshots of people talking about it. And this person shared a link about her taking her own life, ending her life. And said, well, that effing stupid girl finally killed herself. Now she damned her soul to hell. What she did is totally against God's law. Hope it hurt on the way out. Took the coward's way out. Ugh. And then the first comment on on this link says, she is stupid. I guess hell and the devil gained another member. This other person says, hopefully her death was painful if I was there, I would have stopped her. Oh, so you care enough about her to stop her from killing herself, but now you're sitting here telling her that you wish her death was painful? Right. That's great. Th this is 
these are beliefs, pernicious beliefs that are propagated and furthered by a, an, a pernicious, terrible belief system, which is Christianity. And then Fox News shared a link to the story, just announcing the story. And people commented on it saying, Satan won this one. She took her own life. That is not brave. It is called being a coward. Did she uh, believe in God? Must not have. Life is for God to make and God to take. Then why do you take aspirin? Why do you go get chemo if God gives you cancer? These people are, are filthy, cowardly, unintelligent, trolling fucking hypocrites. This person said she committed suicide and that's a sin. Where she is now is not a good place. There's no doubt. She wishes now she hadn't done this. So it's fine if you believe this stuff. But what my issue is, is why are you putting it out where, you know, her family can read it, her friends can read it, people that love her and care about it can right. read it. And it's only hurting those people that you're writing that. So these assholes actually believe that she could have led. She was in her late 20s. Is that right? 29. 29 years old. She led a 29-year life, and I don't know her, but let's let's postulate here. She leads a life of 29 years of being charitable and loving and giving and wonderful and good in all ways. And because she makes a decision at the end of her life that works for her to end her life, which might only last days or even a couple weeks longer, she goes straight to hell for eternity. She burns in the lake of fire for the rest of time. Right. Not a billion years, not a trillion years, not a billion trillion years for e eternity because of a decision she made to end her life 14 days prior, possibly. Right. It's fucking ludicrous. And these people are terrible fucking people. Well, those people are making the argument for atheism because they're saying God sent this woman to hell because she ended her suffering of a brain tumor. Now, what kind of God would do that? I mean, that's not very just. That's not very, right. you know what I mean? But it's just weird to me that these people feel the need to judge. And I mean, I'm sure that they put their dogs down. Right. right. Well, they put their they in their their animals lives humanely. Right. Why is it any different for a human? In fact, we should be more likely to do that with humans because they can talk, especially if they make the choice to do it for themselves. Right. They can talk and they can make their own decisions and they can take care of themselves. Animals can't do that. So we put them down humanely when they're suffering. Listen, now, if a, a human decides to do that then we shouldn't be sitting here at our computers saying, oh, she's burning in hell, that dumb bitch. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going you're gonna to say that about her memory, this beautiful person who has such tremendous insight into her condition? I mean, it's just, it's it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Anyway, I'm going to, my neck is starting to hurt. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting... And I just want to say one more thing. People are taking issue with the phrase die with dignity, like it's saying that the people who choose to live until the cancer kills them aren't dying with dignity. You Both ways are dying with dignity. They're using the phrase die with dignity, similar to how people talk about becoming old and how they don't want people to be changing their diapers. And people always phrase those conversations as I'm losing my dignity. Right. And that's kind of the same thing here. She doesn't want to live to a point where 
her husband needs to completely do everything for her. She can't get out of bed. She can't bathe. Well, She's not autonomous. Dignity isn't one thing and not another. If Dignity for me is different than dignity for you. It doesn't have to be the same measure. It's she wants to die feeling dignified. And I just saw a woman on CNN who has the same condition but disagrees with Brittany Maynard, and that's fine. But if she chooses to live on and has to have someone wipe her butt for her um, and has to have things that Brittany Maynard didn't want to, that would make her feel undignified, if she feels dignified having those things happen, then great. That's your decision. That's what's wonderful. Lady who disagrees with the same, I don't remember her name, but it, it, that's what's great is you get to make your decision about your end of life choices. Right. And you're choosing something different, but you get the choice. Well, here's another thing that bothers me. I'm sorry to keep going, but the people who are coming out saying they don't agree with this, the people who are for the right to die are not coming out and demanding that people with cancer are right. doing the wrong thing or right. saying you need to die earlier. But the people with cancer are saying, yeah, you're doing the wrong thing. You can't die. It, it's just weird. Yeah. No one's telling you you can't do something. Why are you trying to tell other people they can't do something? It's ridiculous. Did that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes, it did. <laughs> All right. Let's move on before I lose my fucking mind. Um, Egypt, modern Muslim country where things are great and everybody has equality. According to Reza Aslan. Yeah. Uh, they have recently jailed eight men over a gay marriage video. An Egyptian court on Saturday convicted eight men for inciting debauchery, sounds like fun, <laughs> following their appearance in an alleged same-sex wedding party on a Nile boat, sentencing each of them to three years in prison. The internet video shows two men exchanging rings, uh-oh, and embracing among cheering friends, oh. Uh. The eight were detained in September when a statement from the office of Egypt's chief prosecutor said the video clip was, quote, shameful to God and, quote, mm. offensive to public morals. That's right. Mohammed, a peace be upon him, <laughs> would be very upset at this. Right. Ugh, fuck. Egypt is a conservative majority Muslim country with a sizable minority of Christians. Homosexuality is a social taboo for both communities and only in recent years have fiction and movies included gay characters yeah Ugh. anyway just Con consensual same-sex relations are not explicitly prohibited but other laws have been used to imprison gay men in recent years including debauchery or shameless public acts right. same-sex marriage is unheard of in egypt it's terrible so Here's a little breaking news. This just this just hit the wires. This isn't really the kind of show we do, but this just hit the wires, and I think it is worth talking about. The Navy SEAL, the actual Navy SEAL who shot Bin Laden, has his identity has been revealed. Right. His name is Rob O'Neill, and O'Neill was uh, a member of the SEAL Team 6 who shot Bin Laden three times in the head to kill him on May 2nd, 2011 in Pakistan. He's 38 and he will be going on Fox News this weekend to reveal himself and tell his story. 
So he's revealing himself. He hasn't been outed by someone else. That looks to be the case. Huh. In 2011, O'Neill was interviewed by Esquire and referred to only as, quote, the shooter. In the article, he complained of receiving no pension, getting no health care from the government, and fearing for his life. In 2011, CNN reported that O'Neill was, quote, thrown off the core of the SEAL Team 6 for, quote, bragging about his role in the raid in bars. I... I don't know how I feel about this because, one, I think he should be taken care of. He clearly uh, has served America well and very uniquely, but he's putting himself in grave danger by talking about it in bars and going on Fox News and identifying himself specifically as the the shooter. I, I don't know. I think, it, well, one, I think it's it's not rel- it's not emblematic of how. SEALs normally act. Right. Well, apparently uh, his comrade on SEAL Team 6, Matt Bissonnette. Yeah, he's the guy who is under indictment right now. Right. He wrote about the attack that killed bin Laden in his book, I'm assuming, No Easy Day. Yeah. And the Navy took issue with what he wrote. And he's facing potential criminal prosecution for writing the book. And... Bisonette, I don't know how to say his name. He also said that his former commanding officer and other colleagues have not yet forgiven him. Quote, they don't call it SEAL Team Six-Year-Old for nothing, he said. Whatever that means. Well, they, he didn't clear, when you, when you are in a top secret operation and you, you want to write a book, you have to get things cleared through government censors. They are government censors because they go through and they want to make sure that you're not talking about things that could jeopardize future operations, current special operators, or operational details relative to how we do things, whether it be intelligence gathering or specialty type operational details that you just don't do that you you don't do it because you can endanger other fucking americans and i hope that we're not raising up a generation going forward because of the facebook age and the narcissistic wanting to be a fucking celebrity thing that's going on why can't you just take solace in the fact that you are a fucking wonderful american are you opening candy over there or a I have to put a cough drop in because I feel like I'm going to start coughing. I'm in the middle of a fucking awesome rant here, and you're you're soothing your throat with a lozenge. I know. I need it. <laughs> anyway, I think everybody gets my point. I, I just, I worry about that. I'm not saying that's what that guy is. I don't know. But it, it, it seems problematic to me that he didn't take his book and his paper, his, his, his manuscript, to the government first to have them approve or disapprove the different items. They're not going to tell him, no, you can't write it. But it's also been kind of a an unwritten thing that seals don't write books about shit that they do. They, you know, yeah. I I, I heard a story that he he texted his one of his commanders after the book came out, and his commander just texted him back and said, "Delete me." It's it's an unwritten. It's a code. They don't they don't talk about the shit that they do. Right. So we'll see what happens to Rob O'Neill after his interview with Fox News. News on it was reversed this time. <laughs> On um, on this weekend. Yeah, this weekend. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I'll probably have a little bit more analysis or opinion about it. Like everybody's waiting with fucking bated breath. For oh, that. I cannot wait but for that. We'll see. I, I'll look more into it. This just came across. Brittany just messaged me while we were on the show saying, "Hey, do you want to talk about this?" So so we did. 
Moving along, we don't do entertainment news, but we're going to right now. Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams have lost the first round in their court battle with Marvin Gaye's family. Judge John Kronstad denied the musician's motion for summary judgment, ruling that blurred lines, similarities to Gaye's got to give it up, are sufficient for trial. It seems very odd to me that it took this fucking long for someone to say, yeah, they're pretty much the same thing. You can go to trial. It took a long time. Right. Well, there's people that don't think it sounds the same. I've heard people say that. They're dumb. Those people are fucking dumb who don't understand. Apparently, they don't have ears or ears that work. I tell you what. I'm going to play. It's about a minute and a half or so, but it's 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 not really a mashup. It's just this. It's it plays one of the songs and then transitions right into the other. It goes back and forth. I tell you what, audience, you listen and you decide. What is this? Fucking Fox News? Yeah, it's Bill O'Reilly. Everybody get up. So the main difference between the songs is how superior Marvin Gaye is oh, yeah. to Robin Thicke. It's funny because the only difference, I, I was going to say this when it came back, God damn it, is ev- the only difference is that every time the, 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 Mar- the Marvin Gaye was playing, when it ended, I was like, ah, fuck, I wanted to hear more of that. Right. But the, the other turd version, you know. Yeah, it just, it just shows how terrible the pop music climate is today compared to... That fantastic time. And has been for a long time. I mean, I know that for those of you who don't know, Britney is a giant fan of funk and disco and that soul kind of a the vibe. She, that's her music era. Right. That's but all I listen to. I've added on my Spotify channel a we should post the the, the link to the, the playlist mm-hmm. on the on the Facebook page. And if you're a fan of this or if you're getting married and you want a wedding, a, an awesome dance mix for your wedding party or whatever, just play this Spotify list and you will be very happy. Brittany's a, a nerd turd about this era of music. Right. I should actually add to it because there's way more that we could put on it. But right. I cry in Earth, Wind and Fire concerts. That's how yeah. into 70s music I am. So anyway, all that to say that it's clear to me, and I think clear to you, Brittany. Yes, that it is. There was ample evidence to move forward with a trial here because Pharrell 
and Robin Thicke clearly, clearly, in my estimation of things, ripped Marvin Gaye's estate right the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and apparently the judge agrees with you. So we'll see what happens with the trial. Yeah, yeah. So a little disjointed, no segue. Recently, a woman in New York City released a 10-minute video or a video. I don't know if it's 10 minutes. It was a video of her walking around, apparently a supercut of her walking around for 10 hours being, I don't want to say accosted, but addressed and harassed mildly by men. Yeah, because the whole catcalling debate has been going on. So this woman uh, partnered with Hollaback, an organization that wants to stamp out street harassment and intimidation. Uh, why can't they name themselves something normal? I know. Hollaback. They produced a video in which the videotaped young woman walking around Manhattan for 10 hours is dealing with men. Yeah. And there's a hidden... And she's certainly being fucking bothered. There's a hidden video camera placed in her backpack, or I'm sorry, in the backpack of a man that's walking in front of her, catching everything that happens. And there were many things in this video that were problematic. So even though there are people who say catcalling's not a big deal, that, you know, it's a compliment, women should get over it, I get that to a certain point. Sure. But there were things that happened in this video that were very problematic. There was one man who followed her for five minutes. Five minutes. Right next to her, staring at her the whole time. That's aggressive. That's passive. Not even passive. That's aggressive behavior that could lead, put fear in her. What What's going to happen here? What do I have to do to get this guy to, to shake him? Right. And she never looked at anybody or made eye contact and never referenced anyone who spoke to her. Right. Yet this man continued to walk beside her saying, what can I do to get you to talk to me? How can I get you to call me? Like all these things. And you can tell he was following her for a long time, like they said in the video, because the buildings change. Yeah, yeah. And so it was very, very scary. And then there was another man that also was following her. I don't really remember. But there were two men that were really, really problematic. And it's weird to me because if I had been in that position, they, they would not have been happy with me. Well. I would have been like, is there something I can help you with? Do you have a problem? Do, yeah. we, do we have a problem here? But that, that's what they want, though. They want to elicit a reaction in you. So then it maybe will open up a conversation or... You know, they just want their foot in the door. I think her reaction's probably the best, just to completely fucking ignore them and not give them the attention that they so richly seek. Except for when <laughs> someone's following you for a prolonged period Listen, of time. I, I, it's the one thing, I, when when the video came out and I hadn't seen it, I was immediately prejudiced in my own mind. I thought, oh, fuck, again. This is bullshit. Who cares? Fuck. If someone cat calls you and, hey, baby, what a whistles, whatever, big deal. And then I watched the video. And I thought to myself, if I was in this position and I was being bothered every fucking block that I walked down, constantly being bothered, harassed, it would it would be very bothersome. Now, if I was a little man or not physically capable of defending myself, it it would be problematic like her. Look, she does she feels safe and it's not a big deal because she's got a man with her, not just a man, but she's got someone with her. That's videotaping it. Who's video so she's not really in danger. But if she was alone and this wasn't on video and it's just a dude following her for minute after minute after minute, that's listen, walking for 5 minutes in New York City, 
you're covering a lot of ground in five minutes. Right. Th- that's aggressive. It's threatening. It's a threat. Threatening behavior. You that's become exactly a threat right. after a certain point of that's doing right. some of the stuff that the men in this video were doing. You become a threat. And so would it be inappropriate for her to mace these people? You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think it would have been inappropriate to mace the the fucking the the, the five minute walking guy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, she obviously wasn't talking, but normally in this situation, a woman would say, "Please leave me alone," or "Please stop." And what if he continued to follow, and then she maced him? I mean, that should be something that we're able to do and not get in trouble for because right. this man's harassing us. I don't know if he's about to rape me or if he's about to try to kidnap me or something. We talked about it on the show before. I think men need to be more aware more cognizant of their behavior around women whether it be in a dark parking lot in in a, a desolate or desolate area but you know a more or less populated area that you don't spook her because men and I, listen I'm not a a white privilege privilege kind of guy but as a man I have the privilege and the benefit of not having to worry about my fucking safety all the time right so and also if you don't know me and I'm coming on to you in a parking lot and you're afraid, oh, shit, if I don't talk to him, is he going to get angry? Is he going to hurt me? Is he going to rape me? Is he? That's be empathetic to your fellow man. Right. And that's the thing. She was dressed in a T-shirt and jeans. She wasn't dressed. Yeah, not sexy in it up at all. Yeah. People who are hearing this might say, well, what was she wearing? You know, because it's always about what she was wearing for some reason. And she looks like a normal person. She's not flashy. Nothing. Very demure. Black jeans, black, not revealing clothing at all. Right. Unless you really like upper arms because she, <laughs> it was, but it had short sleeves even. It wasn't right. it was a zero short cleavage. Yeah, zero. Which none of this even needs to be said because it doesn't fucking matter what she had on. But some people go there. Right. Some people have also been like, well, she's, she's a four, so I don't even understand. It's like. Really? That's not what it's about. I know. Really? You're going to comment on what she's wearing, on her level of attractiveness, on whatever. The conversation should be steered toward uh, who are those guys that are following her? Yes. Because that's scary. Animals. Right. So again, it really, it just, it plays into what we talk about all the time. Be kind. Be genuine. Don't be a fucking prick. Maybe we should add that as a third one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little less profound. So... Bad news for short dudes, maybe. Right. Men shorter than five foot six inches tall are 50% more likely to die from dementia than those over 5'10". A recent study said. Yeah, a recent study. (laughs) And I couldn't pull it, so bear with me on that. But I feel like because they interviewed the lead author of the study that it's Mm -hmm. it's pretty pretty okay. So they say these were scientists at at Edinburgh University. That's in... Uh, Britain. Right. And they found that these results are more pronounced for men. The findings show that lack of inches does not cause dementia, of course, because this is not a causal study. It's hard to do causal studies. Sure, sure. And this could just be an indicator of things like poor nutrition, stress, or other hardships that affect the... Or, Or maybe it's there's a layer of pollution that low to the ground that they're just constantly breathing in. But you know, I, I get a lot of fresh air. I think up, that's be, true. Being up here at six foot three. Right. You're like, closer to the sun, you're more smelling, vitamin D. You're smelling more people's ass down there. It's just, it's oh. not a good situation being, being down there. I wouldn't know about it either. But again, I have privilege <laughs> in the fact that I'm six foot three. Less privilege in the fact that I'm a little fatter than I should be. But that's a bummer. And I hope that they do more research on that. 
Right. So being short does not cause dementia, the experts say, but it may be a marker for poor nutrition in childhood or other early life factors that affect growth. Hmm. Such factors are already linked to a higher risk of heart disease among shorter people. Quote, we found that shorter adult height was associated with an increased risk of subsequent dementia death and that this association was stronger for men, said t- Dr. Tom Russ, who led the study. This study involved almost 182,000 people between 1994 and 2008. They wow. analyzed data from 18 different studies. That's, what was that number again? So 18 different studies involving almost 182,000 people. That's... That's a lot. I yeah. mean, clearly it's a lot, but I mean, that's, you don't see a lot of studies that cover that many years and that many human beings that often. Right. The height of participants was measured and other information, including social status and health history, was collected. Of the 17,553 deaths during an average follow up period of 10 years, 1,093 were from dementia. The study found the risk of dying from dementia was 50% higher, again, among the shortest men compared with the tallest. Huh. Wow. So there you go. It's kind of interesting. No causal relationship. Again, let's remember that. Not panic. Okay. Please remember that for everything you read. Don't go out to the store and fucking fashion some stilts. It's not going to (laughs) help. Right. And be careful of studies that claim to say that something causes something because it's very difficult to do a causal type thing. Taking care of biz. I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. Huh? I'm really, really excited. Okay, so you know, you hear those 911 stories where dumb people call in and. Like the cop who was smoking weed and thought he was dying. Right, we right. We did a whole thing on funny 911 calls one time. We did. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we get it. There's dumb people that do pranks as well, pranks. So, on Reddit, a user, Crux1836, uh, there was a section where they were sharing kind of 911 stories, I guess, on mm-hmm. Reddit. And this person shared a story of when he was working as a 911 dispatcher and got a late night call. While working the period from 6 p.m. to 9 a.m. That's probably a busy time. Right. The graveyard shift. And what he initially thought was a prank call turned out to be a woman who was in great need of help but had to speak in code. Wow. So this is what happened. Uh, 911, what's your emergency? She gives her address. He says, okay, what's going on there? (laughs) Uh, She says, I'd like to order a pizza for delivery. Wow. Wow. And in parentheses, it says, oh, great, another prank call. So I'm not sure if he said that or if he I just... I think that's probably... It. He's thinking that. Okay, thinking that in his head. And he says, ma'am, you've reached 911. She says, yeah, I know. Can I have a large with half pepperoni, half mushroom, and peppers? He says, uh, I'm sorry, you know you've called 911, right? She says, yes. Do you know how long it will be? I'm getting goosebumps right now. I yeah? just want to say that. Wow. Because I know what's coming. Apparently, and, this is the emotion episode of I Doubt It I know. <laughs> and he says, okay, ma'am, is everything okay over there? Do you have an emergency? She says, yes, I do. He says, and you can't talk about it because there's someone in the room with you. She's like, yeah, fuck. All right, already. Get it. I know. Like, Jesus, I've been trying to tell you. You think I really need a pizza? Come on, dick. And, um, and who gets half sausage and peppers? What? Yeah, that's weird. God damn. That's, was, that's the story here, is it that, was, that guy likes gross pizza. 
the woman. <laughs> Can I have a large with half pepperoni and half mushroom and peppers? She said. Yeah, I'm assuming the shitty part, that shitty half, is for the boyfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, we, can't, we, we haven't gotten to that. What are you doing? I'm ruining the Spoiler story. Spoiler alert. Fuck. So God, anyway, <laughs> he said, "Is and you can't talk about it because there's someone in the room with you. She says, yes, that's correct. Do you know how long it will be? He says, I have an officer about a mile from your location. Are there any weapons in your house? She says, nope. And he says, can you stay on the phone with me? She says, nope. See you soon. Thanks. And hangs up. Wow. So when they got there. So her boyfriend likes terrible pizza. Yeah. When they got there, uh, she had been beaten very badly and her boyfriend was drunk and she explained that he had been doing this for a long time and she needed to find a way to report him without him realizing what she was right, doing. And also, also a, a big thing that comes into play in these domestic violence situations is proof. Right. And so she had proof right there. He had just beaten her. I'm sure she looked like it. Oh, yeah. He was in a situation where he was beating her mm-hmm. and so that's a good way to get him put away without them having to go to trial and having to prove things and yeah all that so i thought that was really clever and if anyone is ever in a similar situation think of that think of that dial 911 make a fake chinese delivery and hopefully the 911 operator will catch on quicker than this turd <laughs> i think he probably did an okay job i know i'm just kidding <laughs> Everything worked out. So right. Well, and with that, everything working out, we're going to leave it there. We yeah. like leaving on a positive note. Yes. Or at least Brittany does. <laughs> so, again, episode 70. Awesome. So, so happy with how things are going. We love you. We appreciate you. I did get a couple voicemails this week. We're going to have to save them for next time. So if you left a voicemail and you were listening for it, it will be there next time. So we love you. Look, briefly... I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail, but support the show. There's a link at the top right of dollamore.com. Support the show. Go pick your poison. We love you. We appreciate you for taking time out of your day to listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. Be kind, everybody, and be genuine. And what was the other thing? Don't be an asshole? Yeah. <laughs> or a prick. I don't know. I don't remember now. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. If I was the devil, this is what I would do. And it's all a bunch of good stuff. <laughs> <laughs>